the Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, or just relax to a good book. Listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into The Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to The Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. Today's episode is sponsored by Beam. Get ready for the ultimate cozy winter night in, brought to you by Beam. Beam is a functional wellness brand that makes CBD products to help pursue your better and push the boundaries of what's possible. For a limited time only, Beam's best-selling sleep product, Dream Powder Hot Cocoa, now comes in delicious white chocolate peppermint. Get ready. Swirls of peppermint mixed in with creamy white chocolate for a guilt-free hot cocoa of your holiday dreams. It's the perfect winter wind down for those cold, snowy nights. It's triple lab tested and contains the ultimate sleep promoting ingredients, nano CBD, reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, and melatonin, plus no added sugar or artificial sweeteners. Curl up with a cup of white chocolate peppermint dream right before bedtime, and you will get your best sleep ever. I have struggled with sleep for a very long time, and let me tell you that Beam's Dream Powder has helped me relax my busy mind and let me get some of the best night's sleep I have had in a very long time. White chocolate peppermint dream powder only lasts for a limited time, so get it while it's hot. Great news. If you subscribe now, you can also take advantage of Beam's best sale of the year for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. You'll get 40% off the first three months of a Peppermint Dream subscription, plus a free mug and frother, or 20% off a one-time purchase. Again, this is Beam's biggest offer of the year, and just like its new flavor, it won't last long. Head over to beamorganics.com slash mcom. That's B-E-A-M organics.com slash M-C-O-M for 40% off the first three months of a Peppermint Dream subscription plus free mug and frother or 20% off the one-time purchase. Pause or cancel anytime. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a 
homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Murder. With forensics always changing and evolving, it stands to reason that some cases that happened in years past can and do have much different outcomes. Cases where an innocent person was sent to prison or to death for a crime that they did not commit. On December 30th, 1921, a young girl was raped and murdered by the local owner of a wine saloon. Or at least, that's what the public thought. But it would take 90 years and a lot of pushing for the courts and the world to see how wrong those forensics were all those years ago. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On December 30th, 1921, a 12-year-old girl in Melbourne, Australia, Alma Turchka, was told to go from her grandmother's home in Jolimont to the local butchers and collect a parcel of meat, drop it off at her aunt's home, and come straight back. It was not Alma's first time running errands for her family, and she was known for her quick work and prompt return home. However, on this particular day, Alma's family noted how long she was taking and started to grow concerned. A witness would later say that she saw a man following Alma and that the young girl looked apprehensive, dawdled a bit, and was obviously scared. She was last seen at around 3 p.m., just a few meters from the Australian wine saloon. The next morning, Alma Turchka's naked body was found in the lane running off of Gun Alley, not far from where she had been seen the day before. She had been raped and strangled to death in an area infamous for its underworld criminal activity. Because of this and the complete lack of a suspect, the case of the Gun Alley murder became a media sensation. The public went into a frenzy, desperate to know who could kill such a young girl and outraged that the police didn't seem to have any viable leads, criticizing the police almost immediately for the lack of momentum. Because of this, the public started to work on their own leads and rumors started to litter the actual facts of this case. The theories ran the gamut from the local Chinese man, who they claimed was arrested, this was unfounded, to the entirety of the German community who had settled into this area. But when all was said and done, the final finger was pointed at a man named Colin Ross, who owned the wine saloon where Alma was last seen. A suspect pretty early on due to his criminal history, Colin was arrested for the rape and murder and on January 12, 1922, less than two weeks after her death, was charged with the crime based solely on the circumstantial evidence. Colin, who had an alibi for the night of Alma's death, felt he had nothing to hide, told the police that he saw the young girl walking near his saloon that night, but had not spoken to her. But according to the police... Strands of red hair were found on two blankets in Collins' saloons, hairs that were examined by a government scientist and matched to a sample cut from Alma's hair during her autopsy. However, the blankets were not taken from the saloon until weeks after the murder, and once they were seized, they were thrown onto a desk and not secured, meaning that while the hair color did match Alma's, it could also match the dozens of others who frequented the saloon or walked through the police station. Not to mention the fact that it was 1922 and forensic science was not the most conclusive piece of evidence. Despite this, Colin was given a very public trial and newspapers released details that, in today's world, would have never been allowed due to their influence on the potential witnesses. 
The judge asked the jury to keep an open mind, but even the most popular paper at the time stated, quote, Ross had been tried by public opinion before the jury went into the box. Mr. Maxwell, barrister appearing for Ross, had significantly said, it is not the evidence here I fear, it is a preconceived opinion. The extraordinary publicity given to the charges made it impossible for any average collection of men to clear their minds of convictions on one side or the other. Not to mention the fact that two witnesses came forward claiming Colin confessed to the murders, one of which was a convicted criminal who was in jail with Colin, and the other who was a former employee with a grudge against him. Both potentially motivated by the £1,000 reward they received after their testimony. Colin, of course, denounced both of their allegations, but was found guilty of Alma's rape and murder. He was sentenced to death by hanging. Colin Ross was executed on April 24, 1922, as the first conviction obtained with hair comparison, and the first where scientific evidence was accepted by the courts. It was also the first capital case appeal and the first where the details of the case were played out day by day in the media a media who demanded a conviction at all costs and may have contaminated the already complicated trial. But not everyone was so certain the courts convicted the right man. Even after he was put to death, Colin's lawyer, Thomas Brennan, was convinced of his client's innocence and tried for years to have the case appealed with no luck. However, this was not the end of Colin and Alma's story. In 1998, at the insistence and after the tireless investigations of author Kevin Morgan, those blankets and those hairs were re-examined using modern technology and, as a result, found not to match Alma Tushka, hairs that, for many, were the sole reason they believed in Colin's guilt. On May 27, 2008, in a landmark decision, the Victorian state government announced a posthumous pardon for Colin Ross, who was executed nearly 90 years before, making him the second victim in the Gun Alley murders. The first and last pardon for a judicially executed man in Australia. A man who went to the gallows declaring, I am now face to face with my maker, and I swear by Almighty God that I am an innocent man. Colin Ross, who was the first Australian to be tried by media and the first to be tried with forensic science, that got it all wrong. According to the book that led to this pardon, Kevin Morgan revealed not only the evidence missed by a police force fixated on Colin Ross, but the name of Alma Turchka's killer. It can be found in his book. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to A Terrible Thing Happened on December 31st. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.